This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. Well, I want to welcome you to the next episode of Marketing Jam. I am so excited to have Ron Tite here. Uh, this episode, of course, is brought to you by Canada Post, and Ron Tite is featured in the latest episode of Insight Magazine, so you can actually, right when you open up this hot pink, or some call it hot orange, this might be the controversy, is this pink or is this orange, uh, addition, he is right there, uh, first article that you can read. Uh, so thank you, Canada Post, for sponsoring the show, and those of you, if you don't have a subscription yet to Insight Magazine, it is full of articles and insights from people like Ron. Uh, and also some great case studies of some mail campaigns that have been happening around the world and right here in the great country of Canada. So, Ron, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Darren. No, no, it's so great. So, tell us about maybe your origin story. How did you end up uh, starting Church and State, your agency? Like many people, I was at a multinational before that. I was executive creative director at a multinational network. And, you know, I... um, I saw that the world was changing, and I think, you know, and I'm not anti-network agency or anything. I think agencies can do a lot of great work and from all shapes and sizes. And I was just, uh, I was literally in a, um, I was in Montevideo shooting a TV commercial for a large CPG and stepped back and saw a crew of 45 people and I said, how, like, how are we still doing this? Like, how are we still flying halfway around the world? And, um, and so I quit. You know, and I just thought I really personally want to explore new ways of doing this. I thought that nobody was looking at the ecosystem of marketing is that everyone were pointing at clients and people were looking at and pointing at agencies, but that we are all in this together. And that includes the content people. So, you know, people were saying CPGs need to redefine themselves. It's like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, maybe, but so do agencies and so do like traditional newspapers and broadcast networks. And I just saw the blurring of the lines between kind of advertising and content. And so I quit and started my own. And I promised myself I wouldn't work with any clients I'd worked with before. And I wouldn't work with any people I'd worked with before. And it was just really a starting fresh and a fresh perspective. And uh, that was in 2012. And now we're 20 some odd people, I guess, here in Toronto. And um, yeah, it's, it's been great. And what would your agency specialize in when someone asks? We really help brands navigate the, the blurry lines between advertising and content. Okay. And, and sometimes that comes from a, you know, we own a production company, so sometimes it's really just on the production side. Sometimes it's, it's brand strategy in navigating those worlds and how do you set yourself up for success. And other times, like, strategy is done, but we need help kind of with the tactics and the, and the, and the marketing plan and executing that. Um, and, uh, and other times it's about from, it is from the beginning of like, how do we create a brand that can now thrive in this blurry, busy world? And so we do everything from, you know, we're the digital and social AOR for Walmart Canada. Um, and to, you know, we just finished a business transformation consulting assignment, um, for all the home shows in, in Toronto. So yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's the lines are blurry and we just like to bounce between them. Cool. And I saw that you did uh, for CBC, the new show Working Moms. You helped get the, the season opener, just get a lot of eyeballs on it. And you worked with influencers and creating really great content, like animated GIFs. 
Yeah, you know, like we know that it, that that is it's such a great example, right? The blurry lines of is an influencer is an influencer like a content creator? Are they content? Are they an ad? Are they a sponsor? Are they a partner? Like we think you should just you don't get caught up in the definitions of mm -hmm. of that because then you limit yourself because you limit yourself by the definition. So we know that there are people who connect with other people, and we know that those people are credible, and, mm -hmm. and we know that those people are also like-minded to, to certain brands and initiatives. And so, um, yeah, so CBC, we've done a couple of things. One, we, we, we uh, used online uh, media channels and content uh, creators to drive traditional broadcast viewing. Mm -hmm. um, but we also uh, took, there was a CBC radio show called This Is That, and we published a book. So again, it's like a blurry line. Like, is the book an ad for the radio show? Is the radio show an ad for the book? It doesn't really matter. They they really just all need to complement one another and be good on their own and know that they support an overall goal, uh, uh, you know, be that, you know, revenue, brand awareness, or any other metric you want to throw at it. So a more holistic look is what you're saying. Yeah, you know, I think, I think, Agencies and clients have got caught up in, you know, what are the metrics of advertising? And, you know, certainly <clears throat> that was part of the article in Insight Magazine was, you know, how do we balance this world between between creativity and predictability? And the predictability that, you know, a hard data approach where you know exactly what performs when and how and, and how much. And and how do you how do those two things coexist? And I don't think they do. I, I don't think they do at all. I, I think that creativity becomes predictability. That, you know, every great artist knows you make way more money from the print than you do from the original. But if you just go to the print without creating an exceptional, wonderful, unique, original, original, mm -hmm. the print sales are going to suck. And yeah. so I think a lot of marketers are jumping straight to, well, let's just look at the metrics and let's just see what works and let's just kind of, you know, teach the test kind of thing. And, and, um, and that doesn't work. It mm -hmm. doesn't work that way. So you need brilliant creativity to cut through and then you optimize and, uh, that brilliant creativity so that it becomes predictable in nature and that you know how much you're going to get from it and where's the most efficient place for that to be and what type of person that drives, what type of action that person takes, all that kind of stuff. You need all of that. But while you're perfecting the assembly line of predictability, you always have to be thinking about what's next, what's the next original thought that we can transfer over. So Ron, as someone who is a, a creative and working in this agency life, how do you nurture that, that uh, you know, prophetic gift, that ability to see into the magic ball? Like, what does that look like? Does it look like going on walks? Does it look like going to some retreat center? Or, or, or is it reading something? Is it eating something? Is it sleeping in a certain way? What advice can you give other creatives or people who want to be creative out there? It's weed. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, I was like, all right, keep going here. No, I can, I can, I can now say that because it's legal. But yeah. Uh, no, no, it isn't at all. I, I think that the, the, the biggest barrier to creativity, yeah. to true creativity, mm -hmm. is people assuming that they don't have the ability. Mm -hmm. And so they sit down to crank on an idea and they think, oh, 
um, you know, I don't, um, it didn't come to me in three seconds. Therefore, I'm not very creative. And I take offense of that. Like, what, you think that I, that, that as a creative person, I sit down and just this great ideas come from my pen or my fingers? Come on. No, it takes work. It takes commitment. It takes focus. And, um, and, and if you need the sweet, special space, you need your log cabin in the woods with the crackling fire, I'm sorry, you're not working hard enough. You're just making excuses for not having the commitment and dedication to sit down and do the work. Mm-hmm. And and so that's the first step is that, you know, you really need to be focused. The second step is that we typically for creative inspiration that we need to look beyond the uh, either the category that we're in or the specific um, problem we're trying to solve. And I think that there's a lot more creative space and inspiration in the metaphors or in the analogies or in the parallel universes of people or companies or industries that are going through similar things, even though they they look completely, you know, uh, like they're a completely different place. And so, well, that means you need to step away from your desk and see the world. It means you need to go and you need to consume stuff on Netflix and you need to go to an art gallery and you need yeah. to talk to people who don't just sit at home and reading communication arts. Like you just need real people with real experiences and real perspectives and look at what you can learn from those people and how you can integrate their experiences into yours. And that I think is where, you know, great creative inspiration comes from is seeing other people do it in completely different places. I just shared, shared something the other day on LinkedIn that happened seven years ago and it was uh, Led Zeppelin was being uh, inducted into the Lincoln uh, or the Kennedy center um, um, and, um, and, and so they were being inducted and the heart, the two sisters from heart played stairway to heaven. And they, and they had Jason Bonham, you know, John Bonham's like, you know, son on the drums and the, the entire performance, it still blows me away. It still blows me away seven years later that they took one of the most iconic and kind of not boring songs, but I mean, it's just been, you know, we've heard it so many times. And like, how are you going to do that in a unique and original way? And they did it. And they sat down and they worked their butt off to come up with such a unique perspective on that song. And it still blows me away to this day. And I think, man, if they put that effort into that performance, that, that inspires me to do better at whatever I'm working on today. That's amazing. So uh, as far as like books, podcasts, e-newsletters that you subscribe to, can you recommend anything for marketers out there? Well, I really, again, I, I think we do need, um, you know, as marketers, I think we need to elevate our thinking beyond marketing. Not that I, okay. there are a lot of marketing stuff that I, that I love, but so don't just read strategy magazine. No, I mean, it's a great magazine. It's great. Yeah. It's, see what's going on in the industry, but mm, you should be reading Harvard business review. I mean, yeah. you should be looking at the challenges that leaders face. You should be challenged. You should be looking at the, the, the challenge of a process or of a production environment. Mm-hmm. You should be looking at, uh, you know, how people are process reengineering, uh, you know, uh, a, a complete fulfillment process, like all those things. Well, what is HR concerned about? So that you mm-hmm. get a total view of the organization. So we need to step away from marketing. Um, and, um, and then the other thing is, uh, you know, what, what do you listen to outside of the space? Um, you know, right now, for example, um, I'm, uh, I've got two podcasts that I'm listening to. One is called Gravy Train, 
and it is the podcast exploring the Rob Ford saga mm -hmm. and how he became mayor of Toronto. And on the other is something called Three Clips, and it's Jay Akunzo, who's a great podcaster out of Marketing Showrunners, and Three Clips looks at what can marketers learn from great podcasts okay. in, in small little ways. So one's really, really tactical to get inspired, but the other one's completely outside the category. So uh, yeah, those are two of the things I'm listening to right now. So I got to ask, uh, again, it, it may not be current when this comes out, but uh, Ryan Reynolds' response with his uh, Aviation Gin ad that he responded to with the, the bike ad that came out that had a lot of controversy. What are your thoughts on this and what Ryan did and, and how they responded so quickly? I think it was brilliant. I don't think the creative was brilliant. Mm -hmm. I think what was brilliant was that they got the right actress at the right time um, and they they were so nimble in pulling all that together uh, within, what, 72 hours or whatever mm -hmm. it was. And my fear is that this will become the new Oreo dunk in the dark that people will be talking about, you know, in a way. But um, I, I think it was great, nimble. And uh, what I love about that is that what brand, most of the marketers listening to this right now, they know, they know that their team would still be trying to book a bloody boardroom <laughs> to talk about the idea of maybe and how are we going to get people on side and how are we going to, you know, sell it through to Mary because she doesn't, she thinks it's going to promote drinking and Todd's going to be worried about the cost and, and it's four months later and, and you've blown you know, either $60,000 in agency time or favors and you end up with nothing or you compromise it all. They had a quick idea. They did it quickly. They executed. And it, the creative was not brilliant, but man, it was timely. And when it's that timely, it doesn't have to be brilliant. Yeah, no, that's great. So now, are you and I, I, I will say the danger is yeah. that people, every marketer goes to their agent and he goes, we want that. Yes. <laughs> And then you're like, what? And then you end up with agencies building war rooms on Oscars night waiting to respond to, like, stuff just happens. Like, the, the power of it was that it was organic and they weren't looking for it, but it just occurred. And there was not like there was a team looking and waiting for something that they could make a spot for. Yeah, no, and, it's a great story. Ryan's like, hey, we should send her a year's worth of gin. And that, you know, she's from Vancouver, Ryan's hometown, and it just grew from there. Yeah, uh, yeah. love it. Yeah. So tell me about you. Are you an iOS or an Android guy on your phone? I'm iOS. And tell me apps that you can't live without. What are you in there every day on? What apps are kind of running your life? Uh, MLB trade rumors. What, are you kidding me? Like, what, you're not? MLB at bat and MLB. I'm a massive baseball fan. Blue Jays? And, yeah, Blue Jays. Yeah, for sure, Blue Jays. But, but everything. Yeah. And especially now, the winter meetings just finished and so it's just filled with like what every team is doing and rumors and deals and everything else how and, about vancouver uh, canadians are you a vancouver canadians fan uh yeah, yeah well yeah <laughs> they're they uh, they're in the blue jays system they're the the uh the high a team uh, or low a team for the blue jays okay and uh and a great park in vancouver yeah. um so yeah yeah i i uh, but that is my that is my go-to i toggle between that and instagram on a, on a regular basis Okay. Are you doing a lot of, are you a big Instagrammer stories, putting stuff out there? Or are you more of a watcher observer? No, no. I like to, I like to, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I have an almost two year old. And nice. so it's, yeah, when you go out of my feed, it's either, uh, speaking stuff. I'm on the road somewhere speaking to somebody yeah. or, uh, it's my kid. 
uh, Max, who's he's just normal. I, who am I to you know withhold that cuteness from the world? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So okay, here's some. You go and speak at events. What's your advice to people who are attending the events you speak at if they want like to get a nugget from you or catch your attention when you're you know at an event? If they want to talk to me at an event? Yeah, yeah. What's their advice for someone who's like, you know, you're speaking a lot, you're going to a lot of places. What's been your best interactions and the best kind of engagement you've had with, you know, audience members or people attending events? Well, I think people who, who they just genuinely want to learn. Like, I, just, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just, I, I think it, it ends, either ends up in a couple of different things. So mm-hmm. one, I get people who come up who have been reading or following or something and I don't know they exist. And that's always such a great surprise. I remember I was actually in Vancouver and, and somebody came up to me and said, just so you know, I do about 55 decks pitches a year to big brands. And I won't tell you where she, where she worked, but mm-hmm. she's like, I, I, this is what I do. And, um, I, for the past three years, every single one of those decks, has a first page, and on that first page is a quote from you. Nice. And I was like, what? Who are you? Like, I didn't know this, no idea. And I was like, what was the quote? Like, what's the quote? And it was something I said like five years ago or something. That blew me away, right? And mm-hmm. I think that given this world of um, digital communications, that there are people who do inspire us and who inform mm-hmm. us. And I think every once in a while, I try and let those people who inspire and inform me do, you know, let them know that I just, I just love their stuff. I just, just, you know what, keep doing what you're doing. Mm. I love your content. And and when someone mm. does that to me, I'm, I'm blown away and inter- eternally grateful. It's either that or it's somebody who's like, how do I work with your agency? Yeah. Which is well, very, very nice. Um, um, but without really knowing what we do and the type of clients we work with, yeah. um, or it's somebody who like, they're just eager to pitch slap me, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, I own a thing and I want to sell it to you. Mm-hmm. And and to the whole time, I was like, oh, then you didn't really listen to the speech. I, Because I, I, I hate that. And I hate if I'm seen as doing it and I hate us as an agency ever doing it, um, that it's really, uh, you know, um, uh, I don't know. It's just irresponsible and it's, it's ineffective. It just doesn't work. Cause you just, I smell it a mile away. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, you know, the people that I really connect with are the people who genuinely like or want to talk about the content that I've shared, whether they agree with it or disagree with it and just have a genuine conversation where we both can end up with a unique perspective. And sometimes I have those, those relationships grow over time. And sometimes I reach out to those people and go, I now want to work with you on something. Mm. But it's taken time and I just I see their value over time. The person that comes up and hands me the business card and says, go to my website. I got a thing. I want you know, like, ah, no, thanks. No, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about a piece of mail that you got recently that left an impression. Um, uh, well, given, uh, you know, this will go to air later, uh, but mm-hmm. we're recording this at a time, like just a week before Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm, um, getting all the holiday cards mm-hmm. from my, my friends and their children. And it's just, I love it. I absolutely love like just seeing my friends, kids grow and, and just see these great, it's, 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 it's almost like. We, we 
if we think we live a perfect world in social media, well, the holiday card is that like on steroids, right? Yeah. Every family looks so joyful and perfect and beautiful and everything. And um, I love getting that. I love getting those cards um, in the mail from my friends. Yeah, that's really cool. So someone who uh, runs an agency, you're speaking, uh, you're writing, um, and, and you have a child. How do you balance that? Again, the fact that we have smartphones and, and you know we, we tend to and, and are available 24-7. How do you find that balance so you can be a parent and run an agency at the same time? Yeah, I, you know, my son is almost two and we have one on the way um, wow. coming Congrats. in March. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, it's for, uh, I mean, I didn't get married till I was 43. So I lived a life that was, as could be defined as improvised. Right? It was just like, mm -hmm. yeah, whatever happens, happens. I had no, you know, uh, real responsibilities. Uh, other than a dog, you know. So um, I just find that you just have to be way more structured in your time. And that's why I guess maybe I had that perspective on creative of like, like, you know what? Writers write. That's what they do. Shut up and write. And and so, you know, and why when it comes to writing, like I wrote the book uh, when uh, I had a very segmented where I would write original stuff, like just cranking on first draft stuff when my son was napping or after he went to bed. So pretty much every night from when I was in town from seven until 11 or 12 at night, I would write, but all, all just, I would just crank on first draft stuff and then planes and hotels. I would then go back and polish and do a second, third, fourth draft on what I had written. So you do that. And, um, and technology just helps. I mean, whether it's my wife and I sharing calendars and knowing when I'm going to be out of town or when she's got something planned for her own very important job and, and her very important social life, you know, how do we just balance all that? Um, and, and then when I'm on the road, uh, you know, my kid, is, you know, Max is not even two and he knows what FaceTime is and knows the daddy is often, you know, on the phone and, um, and we can connect that way. And, um, <clears throat> and then I also, but I also break it up like, um, what do I read? When do I read nonfiction? When do I read fiction? Like all that kind of stuff. So it just becomes yeah. very structured, um, which is probably the most difficult side for me. I'd lived an yeah. unstructured life. And now to accomplish the things I want to accomplish, um, I have to be way more, um, left-brained in, yeah. in planning. Yeah. I, I want to jump back to something you said earlier. Uh, someone is you know, in a meeting, they're trying to come up with a creative idea for a client. They're a, uh, they make mugs for a living, right? Uh, they're, they're, you, know, you said, hey, just keep going. Work it, work harder, just keep coming up with the ideas, keep trying. What does that look like? Is it, you said, more time or is it just more work? What does that work look like uh, for yeah. you? Yeah, <clears throat> it can be. You know, and there, so there's a, there's an old improv exercise, or it's a, a legendary improv exercise called third choice. And uh, third choice is that if somebody's on stage and you say, you know, there once was a boy and his name was George, and then the audience goes, second choice. And you're like, oh, there once was a boy and his name was Frank. Third mm -hmm. choice. And you, when you get into, when you go from second choice, you're a little bit perturbed, right? Because everybody's got the first choice on the top of their head. You know what that yeah. immediate answer is. You have a yeah. default that's logical, 
it's safe, mm -hmm. everything else. When someone pushes you to second choice, you're slightly annoyed. And you're like, okay, uh, and you spend two seconds on it, and you go, okay, here's my second choice. And you go, what's your third choice? Then that's when the panic sets in. Hmm. And the panic sets in, you're like, ooh, jeez, I don't, I don't know, uh, and you blurt out like, Mary. And then, and then you start to question yourself, oh, no, that's wrong, that's not a boy's name, blah, hmm. blah, and you're like, well, why can't it be a boy, like, what? And so you need to get into that uncomfortable zone because when you push yourself into that space, that's where you lose your logic, that's where you lose your comfort, and that's when you lose your safety. And that's when the brilliant ideas show up. So okay. if you're not in that zone, then you're not, you're just calling it in. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't mean that the first choice is the wrong choice. You may go back to it, and after taking in budgetary parameters mm -hmm. and production cycles and everything else, and you may go, oh, you know what, it is actually that first choice. That is the best choice, given everything else we know. But you still need to go to third and fourth choice in order to evaluate it properly. So yeah. in, on some level, there is a bit of a panic that you're not going to come up with it. And, um, and so when you hit that stage, then you need to keep looking. And that can be, if it's a brand thing, it's like, well, let's, geez, let's go back and maybe we need to excuse the product ourselves and like, are there ideas that come from using it? Or maybe we need to go to that location where that person was. You know, like yeah. I remember I did, I did some work with um, um, an old partner. We were doing some brand work for CN Tower. Mm -hmm. And we were coming up with stuff I'm like, I don't, know, I don't like it. And we were like, let's go down there. Like, come on, of course, we need to go down there. So we go down there and we're in the elevator going up the CN Tower. And we say to people, why did you come here? Like all these tourists, we just start having these conversations. Why did you come here? And the people were looked at us like idiots. And they were like, well, this is the, this is your place. Like this is when I'm in Toronto, like if I go to San Francisco, I go to the Golden Gate Bridge. If I go to the India, I go to the Taj Mahal. If I go, you know, go to London, I go to, you know, the, the Tower of London or London Bridge or something. When I'm in Toronto, this is, this yeah. is where I come. Yeah. And, and so that came up with this this whole campaign, and it was the CN Tower juxtapositioned against the you know uh, Golden Gate Bridge, yeah, and and all these other world yeah. famous landmarks. Brilliant, you know, and 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 the line was like, um, you know, above us only sky, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, and you, and you got to kind of see it or something like that. I don't remember the line, yeah. but you know, but but we wouldn't have we would have never got there because it just seems so safe if we just hadn't embedded ourselves yeah. into an elevator with tourists. Cool. What what is Vancouver's CN Tower? Stanley a, Park. Somebody? It's Stanley. Yeah. Park. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah for, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Stanley Park. Like yeah. Yeah. And Stanley I, Park. I'm in Vancouver a lot, and yeah. um, uh, you know, I still loved going into Stanley Park. Um, and, um, because yeah, when you're there, that's where you got to go. Okay. Here's one for you. Your team comes up with this genius idea, right? It's your third, fourth, fifth choice. It's, it's this, you, you nurtured it. You got it. You pitch it to the client. They say, no, they, they just give you a hard no. And then two months later, their competitor does that exact idea, right? And then they're upset and you guys are upset. How do you handle that as a creative when you saw something so genius and it just got thrown to the wayside when, and then someone else does it? There's two responses. One is, why aren't they seeing this? Like, why aren't they yeah. seeing the brilliance of this? Why don't they yeah. see 
that this is this will actually be fundamental to their business. And so I think you have to get at the heart of that. And is it the presentation? Is it like there are politics at play that we don't know about? And, you know, what's the difference between where we are and where we need to get to? And and what role can I play in helping that happen? Um, there's the second thing when, when you look at that is sometimes you need to go like, mm, maybe as founder, like maybe that's my time to step in and have a heart to heart because you don't want to, you don't want to, I don't want to step on the toes of our team here, but sometimes I can just say stuff yeah. that they can't yeah, and I just get away with it. Right. Yeah. And I just go, what are you like? What's you're crazy. Yeah. You know, like you're crazy. You can, you, you need to do this. Like what's, I don't yeah. understand what's happening here. Yeah. Um, the balance of that, though, is that no two organizations are the same and yeah. and that there are things at play, always things at play that we as 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 uh, trusted advisors of that brand will never have exposure to and yeah. that will never uh, gain an appreciation for. And that's our role. Mm-hmm. We don't have those things. So therefore, we can come with an outside objective perspective with new and interesting ideas. If you open that up to us, we're too inside and yeah. we'll get swallowed by the thing. Yeah. You'll, you'll get less creativity. So that just comes with the territory. Like, hey, sometimes they know stuff that we don't know and they're right. Like they actually are right and mm-hmm. we just can't see it. And yeah. sometimes we're right and they yeah. can't see it. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think it just comes with trust. And, uh, and I think how you grow that trust is to then not go back and go, ha ha, told you so. Yeah. Because yeah. they, that's just not cool. I, and I, um, you know, I, I feel for a client because if I say something that doesn't work there, I have other clients. If, yeah. if they approve something that doesn't work, they don't have another job. Yeah. So they have more on the line than I have on the line, than mm. we have on the line. And and every partner needs to appreciate that. Wow. Well, this was some uh, incredible insights. Ron, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate you being on the show. There's some nuggets of wisdom. I'm sure they'll be quoted uh, possibly in, in future people's decks. Um, thank you everyone for joining us today on Marketing Jam. Uh, again, thank you Canada Post for sponsoring. Uh, if you don't have a copy of Insight Magazine yet, this glow-in-the-dark version has Ron on the inside. Uh, expanding even further on some of the topics he discussed today in the form of an article and they will mail this to you physically and you can touch it and open it, uh, read it anywhere uh, in your agency's office uh, or in your home office or, or even in your home. You could even take it on a plane with you. So thank you for joining us today on Marketing Jam and we'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and see you next time. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.